What's good, New York? It's your boy, the face man. And you know that's right. The happy Monday afternoon on this holiday week, Thanksgiving week coming up. So lots of lots of turkey and fiesta and all that good stuff coming up. Uh, we're here live from Bravo Bravery Studios uh, in Clifton, New Jersey. Bravery up! Bravery up! Uh, this is brought to you by JLM Sports, and this is Game Face. And uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, um, so a lot has happened since last week. Last show, we talked about the Miles Garrett situation uh, as far as the uh, hitting uh, quarterback Mason Rudolph of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in the head with his helmet, with his own helmet, by the way, snatch his helmet off and, and hit him in the head. Uh, now, since then, there's been allegations uh, by Miles Garrett that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur, and the racial slur was the N-word. So, so quite naturally, it's, it's caused a, a big uh, storm uh, as far as uh, the incident. Uh, once again, he's received a lot of backlash, negative press, Miles Garrett. Uh, basically, you know, why would you wait this long to put that out? That if he did use the N-word, why didn't you put that out at the end of the game? Why didn't he say anything uh, during the press conference? So uh, my thing is this, and, you know, uh, the number is, first of all, the number is 862-621-9536. Uh, just call in. Um, my thing is this. From what I know, from what I heard, this was leaked by the NFL. This was not put out by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett did not officially put out that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur toward me. Okay? This was somehow leaked out. ESPN found this out from the NFL. During Miles Garrett's interview, interrogation, interview, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, it was said that Miles Garrett said uh, he called me the N word. During the altercation. So uh, my thing is this. It's quite evident that Miles Garrett did not want that leaked out. It was supposed to be in confidence. Everything that was said in that room that was confessed was supposed to be in confidence. It was not supposed to be leaked out. That's why he didn't say it to the media. That's why after the game, after the incident happened, during the game, you saw Miles Garrett. He said all the right things. Said, hey, I lost my temper. I was wrong for what I did. I'm not usually that type of guy. You know, tempers flared. And, you know, I made a mistake. Now he goes to the, I guess they come, they come here to New York. And while he's being interviewed or he's pleading his case, he says that uh, Mason Rudolph used a racial slur. But once again, it was supposed to be kept in confidence. He didn't want that leaked out. So somebody from the NFL, NFL office, leaked that to ESPN. And, of course, ESPN, it was breaking news. You know, because everything is breaking news, right? Everything is just, you know. So, so basically, now he's getting a lot of backlash because, you know, he, he must be lying or, or, you know, using the race card. He has to be. Because why would you wait this long 
to put that out. Problem is, he didn't put that out. Miles Garrett didn't put that out. <laughs> the NFL leaked it. They leaked it to the press. They leaked it to ESPN. So now he's getting all this, you know, uh, bad press. Every sports talk show, every radio show is now, oh, well, you know what? He's using the race card. I don't believe it because he waited too long. You got African-American, you know, um, analysts, you know, like Shannon Sharp, you know, who I love, by the way. Shannon Sharp is, you know, good from Undisputed with Skip. But, you know, basically saying, you know, if he would have used that word on me, you know, I would have took it to him right there. I would have said it during the press conference because we know how powerful that word is. We know it. So but here's my thing. And we've learned a lot about Miles Garrett the past week and a half or so since this incident happened. Uh, one thing is, he is not a brash guy. He may be, what, a 200, 300-pound uh, football player, defensive end, you know, rough and tough on the gridiron. But as a person, Miles Garrett is a guy who into poetry, philosophy, He's just a different type of cat, you know, just a different type of cat. So just maybe, just maybe, and I'm not saying he isn't lying about it. I'm not saying he is. Let's make that straight right now. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not saying, you know, he isn't lying. But just because I react one way to something or Shannon Sharp acts, reacts one way to something doesn't mean you're going to react the same way. Do you understand what I'm saying, America? All my watchers and listeners, let's be fair. Yes, it's a nasty word. Yes, it's, it's got a lot of, you know. But just because, just because I react to it one way, doesn't mean you're going to react to it the same way. Okay? Doesn't mean that. So now let, let's let's pull up a tweet here because we have a tweet. Um, now last year, Miles Garrett uh, tweeted out, and if we could bring it up on the screen, Miles um, Garrett on his Twitter feed. Miles, Miles, what? I'm tired of hearing the N-word or being referred to as one by anyone, no matter your race. Tired of the hard R or A argument. I'm surely tired of hearing people being offended by it when, I, when used by another ethnicity. If we don't want anyone using it, then we shouldn't. Then we shouldn't. So basically what he's saying in a in a tweet is that uh, he's tired of being referred to uh, by the N-word. And it doesn't have to be by someone by another race. It doesn't have to be someone that's Caucasian. It could be his own people. It could be another African-American. As you know, African-Americans use that word. Not all. Not all of us. But a lot of African-Americans do use the N-word um, as you know, as a greeting toward one another. I've used it. Okay? I used it. 
and the woman that raised me used it. That's just the way it is. I grew up in a black household. Not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. But I understand what Miles Garrett is saying here. And he has a he has a complete right to his opinion, you know. And I do kind of agree with it. I do agree. Yet, you know, it's a word that we shouldn't use as African Americans. We shouldn't be using it. Why do we use it? You know, I don't know. It's just it's just in us. It just means something else. We take the sting out of it. We we take we we've made it a complete different meaning, you know, when we say it towards one another, you know. It's, it's almost enduring, as crazy as it sounds. And I know, um, you know, people from other races, they're not going to understand that. They're not going to get it, you know. Um, because why would you use a slur, a word that caused so much pain in this country um, for people, uh, for our ancestors? Uh, you know, why would you use it? And once again, I don't know. All I know is in, in my culture as an African-American man, as a, as a child, it's been used a lot. And other races use it now. We use it so much in, in hip-hop, in movies, that other races use it. You know, I walk down the street, I go on the bus, or, you know, I walk around New York. I hear Indian kids. I swear, I'm not lying to you. I hear Indian kids. And definitely Hispanic kids, Latino kids, using the N-word, calling each other, using the N-word, because that's what we've done to it. Miles Garrett has a point. He does have a point. But the main thing is, with that tweet, it just shows you he has a history, a history of having an issue with the N-word. Now, does that mean that Mason Rudolph said it during the altercation on the field? Uh, it doesn't prove anything. Doesn't prove anything. Doesn't mean he's telling the truth. Doesn't mean he's lying. The NFL has put out that they found no evidence of Mason Rudolph using the word. And of course, Mason Rudolph. And his, you know, representatives were very, very upset about it. And he claimed his innocence. But the only way, the only way you're really going to find out, because, I mean, let's be honest, the NFL, they interviewed his, what, his teammates, people around him, people who know him well, and they defended him. You know, his own teammates say, oh, no, that's, that's not the guy I know. He never used it around me or this and that. So according to the NFL, there's no evidence proving that he used the N-word toward Miles Garrett. But once again, it does not mean that it didn't happen. And the only way, the only way you can really find out the NFL is do what they, they did with Antonio Brown. But the whole Antonio Brown uh, rape and assault accusation, have Antonio Brown come in, have his accuser come in, tell her side, and have a professional interrogator or a mediator. Now, if the NFL really, really wants to know, then 
I would suggest they would do that. But to just say that uh, there's no proof because we asked around, you know, there's no witnesses to, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if that's enough. I'm just not sure. But once again, um, as I said, it was leaked. It was leaked to ESPN about him using or accusing Mason Rudolph of using the N-word. And once again, that's on the NFL. That part I blame on the NFL. Because think about it. You're already dealing with this mess with Colin Kaepernick, which we talked about last week. Okay. You have this whole race thing. You got Jay-Z involved. Eric Reed, he's involved. You know, Jim Brown uh, even uh, said something about it. Made his feeling, uh, you know, this was like last year sometime. But you know, why, why on earth would you leak this? Why would you want to open up another bottle? Why? That's the last thing you need if you're the NFL. I just don't understand it. That should have never been leaked to the press or to the ESPN. Never been leaked. Because now you open up another whole can of worms. He could have had half his suspension, right? And then that would be the end of it. The Browns, they seem to be kind of moving on. They're winning now. They're playing better football. They're not better without him. That's for sure. But still, it's not like the organization has collapsed because of this, of this incident. So if you're the NFL, I mean, what do you gain out of leaking this? Whoever did this from the NFL, what do you gain? You gain nothing because now you've got more negative press toward one of your Pro Bowl players. And that's the last thing you need. You're trying to promote the game. You're trying to market the game. You don't need that. Whether he's lying or whether he's telling, telling the truth, you don't need that. Not with this Kaepernick stuff going on. So that, that's a terrible job, terrible job by the NFL. This is just, just a terrible job, you know? Uh, because, like, what did you gain out of this? Now you got everybody, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp and, and every, you know, and it's not just the African-American, uh, you know, analysts and, you know, but I just think it was a bad decision. Whoever made that decision, um, you didn't gain anything by it. You got more headlines, but, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't know. They dropped the ball on this one. Bad job by the NFL. Bad, bad job by the NFL. So, uh, but moving on, because uh, we only have an hour here. Uh, let's get into some more positive stuff. Well, we'll go local with the Jets, the G-Men. And uh, so Sam, <laughs> Sam Darnold, uh, who a few weeks ago, and I said it was the most silliest thing. Uh, that that I've ever heard or saw, the whole you know I'm I'm seeing ghost things and you know, because everything is a clutch the pearls moment, you know, 
It was the same thing with the butt fumble with uh, Mark Sanchez, you know. Uh, but the Jets, hey, look, give them credit. I told you last week the Raiders were under the radar. I was going to pick this game, but for some reason I have not seen enough of the Raiders. It's like I've seen every other team. I've seen the Browns. I've seen the Rams. I see the Titans. Hell, I turn on TV, I see the Broncos. <laughs> I have not seen the Raiders. I've seen the Chargers, the 49ers, all those teams out there on the West Coast. Seattle, but for some reason, I don't know if it's just me, but I have not seen enough of the Raiders. And when I saw their record and I saw they were 6-4 and leading the division, I was like, wow. I mean, these guys are really under the radar. And because of that, I did not trust them in this Jets game because of that. Because I was going to pick. I was going to make a pick. And everybody had the Raiders winning, by the way. Everybody had the Raiders winning. Oh, they're going to win the division. They're going to go up there. The time time difference is not going to mean anything. And, of course, the Jets, you know, took them to the back of the woodshed. Took them to the back of the woodshed. From the kickoff, from the very kickoff, the Jets just spanked that ass. That's what they did. And yeah, I said it. Because who knows when I ever get a chance to say that when it comes to the New York Jets. Let's be honest. So it does feel good. But the Jets owned them from kickoff. From the time that whistle blew. They didn't have a clue when it came to starting that stopping that Jets offense. And gifts of Adam Gase credit. Give him credit. You know, a few weeks ago, I was out here, you know, calling for this guy's head. I wasn't the only one, you know, making fun of his eyes, how weird he is and all that. But he, hey, look, he's got the team to respond. And they were competitive. Starting from that giant game a few weeks ago, they've won three in a row. They talked a lot of trash during that Giants game. Personally, you know, for me, uh, it didn't mean much. Because the Giants are, you know, and I'm going to get into them in a few minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to get, they're going to get their hits. Believe me, they're going to get their hits right after I talk about the Jets. And we're going to need some music for that. I'm going to need a DJ, the marvelous one, my producer. But that's after, after uh, we're done with the Jets. We'll get into the Giants. Yeah, Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Don't worry, it's coming. But uh but hey, give the Jets credit. I mean they you know, and, and give Sam Donald credit. Give him credit. After the whole, you know, fiasco with New England and you know, I've seen ghosts and people were making fun of him. He was the butt of every joke in the media along with his team. And from that game that they played against the Giants. When they were the home team, they actually hosted the Giants over in the Meadowlands that meant life. He is a complete different quarterback. And rumor is, the word is, he went to Adam Gase. He went to his head coach and said, I want to do things like this. Can we do things my way, the way I want to do them? And Adam Gase said, well, you know what? It's about time. 
So kudos to Darnold. And he's finally looking like the quarterback and the leader that us Jets fans, uh, you know, what, what we hoped he would be. Because the potential is there. The arm is there. You know? It's just he has to make better decisions. And that comes with time. It comes with time. You're going to make mistakes. He's just in his second year having to deal with the mono and the illness. But coming back, coming back, this team had no wins. They were 0-6 and then I think like 1-7. And And to come back and win three games in a row, to beat the Giants, okay, the Giants stink, fine. Beat Washington, okay, Washington stinks, that's fine. But you still have to do it. You still have to do it. And I said last week, this is the test. This is a test. Let me see him go out there and beat the Raiders. And they trashed him. They trashed the Raiders. And I think the Raiders are still dropping passes right now. I think, I think a Raider wide receiver just dropped another pass. Because, God, did they stink. No disrespect to the Jets. I mean, the Jets played great. Evidently, uh, during warm-ups. And thank you, thank you, Raider Nation. Because we all know Raider Nation extends everywhere throughout the country, throughout the United States, through every arena, the black hole. But thank you, Raiders fans, for booing the Jets, having the guts, having the stones to be on the road and booing the home team when they come out for (laughs) warm-ups. And Jamal Adams who has proven that he is undoubtedly the leader of this team. Led his team back into the locker room after these warm-ups and told him what he thought about it and what they should do and what the bottom line was. The disrespect and how that can't stand and what we're going to do when we go back out there. So thank you. Thank you, Raider Nation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the Jets really, um, I know it's interesting. Uh, I'm not used to watching the Jets and the Giants play at the same time anymore because normally, traditionally, if the Giants are are playing at one, the Jets are playing at four. If the the Jets are playing um, at one, the Giants are playing at four or vice versa. So, you know, so I'm going back and forth. And the Jets just took control. I was actually missing Jets touchdowns. But luckily, I was DVRing it. I DVRed both games, and I was going back and forth. And I'm going to the red zone, NFL red zone. So I'm checking out other games, you know. So. But the Jets, I mean, they did an outstanding job. And once again, uh, I have to give the coach credit. He got them to believe. He got them to be competitive. Good play calling. They were doing wheel routes, screens, getting the ball in Le'Veon Bell's hands. And what a great catch by Bell during that first drive. Great catch, over-the-head catch. 
I mean, he did an excellent, excellent job. Guys were wide open. There were holes in that Raiders secondary. And the Jets were able to exploit him and pick him apart. Darnold was executing his throws. They were on target. And the Jets were catching the ball. Flea flickers, reverses, everything. The whole kitchen sink. Everything was just well-timed and well-executed by the Jets. And the offensive line, now that Beecham's back. And they got this kid Copland, and hopefully we don't ever have to see Brian Winters again because he stinks. God, he stunk. He has stunk for years, as Brian Winters thinks. And it's amazing. I used to wonder, why do they keep bringing this guy back? Well, he can sit on the bench. He can stay on the freaking bench as far as I'm concerned because he freaking stinks. But the offensive line has played better. Darnell is getting time to sit in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield. And he's also making better decisions, throwing the ball away on third down when there's nothing there, getting flushed out of the pocket. We're in it when he's in the red zone. Don't force it. Throw it away. Live to kick a field goal. He's getting better at it, guys. He's getting better at it. So the Jets, hey, what is it, 30-something points? They've scored at least 30 points, 34 points in, in uh, the last three games. Now you're starting to hear rumblings. And and that's that's the negative thing. That's the only, you know, oh, you know, if if we could have won this game, that first game against Buffalo, oh, if we would have beat Miami the first time when we went to Miami before the streak. We should have won four games in a row, not three games in a row. And we wouldn't be four, uh, four and seven. We'd be five and six and right in the playoff hunt. Don't think about the playoffs. Don't think about the playoffs. Just think about winning. That's it. Go out there and execute. You got something going here? Ride it. Because I never thought the Jets were a playoff team. Going into the season, I actually thought the Jets would probably be an 8-8 eight eight team. The reason why? Their schedule was too tough. The beginning of the schedule was brutal. When I looked at it, and there was people that were saying, oh, the Jets don't win. They can win nine games or ten games. I'm like, there's no way. They're going to be better. But the, the beginning of that schedule was too brutal. And it, 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 the team is just too unpredictable. It's too much of a turnaround. But, I mean, the Jets, let's be honest, they've made it exciting. They make you want to run to the TV, sit in front of that big widescreen TV, and enjoy football. Yes, they're, they're four and seven. They're still a losing team, but they have fight in them. They have fight in them. And now they have a young quarterback who has the potential to maybe be a star in this league. And that's something that's worth watching. You can invest in the Jets now. You can invest because you know they'll compete. And that's what it's about, competing. Even if you do lose the game, it's about competing. Let's take a look at the Jets' schedule. Um, if we could bring it up real quick. 
Um, now there's five games left. Uh, now the Jets are four and seven. Now next week they play. They're at Cincinnati, and then they play Miami here at MetLife. If you're the Jets, you have to win those two games. You have to beat Cincinnati next week. Cincinnati has no wins. They're a goose egg. So if you go into Cincinnati and lose, that kind of negative, it, it, it takes away from what you've done these past two weeks. So, you know, if I'm the Jets, you got to give me that. I need that. I need that win against Cincinnati. And Miami here, you got to win that game. That's a revenge game. That's a revenge game right there. Division rivals, I can't stand the Dolphins. Any real Jet fan can't stand the Dolphins. It's bad blood. Hatfield and the McCoys. That's a revenge game. Miami has nothing. They have nothing to offer. They're playing for Tua or or maybe now Burroughs or or whoever in the draft. That's what they're playing for. They're not playing for anything. So let's say the Jets win these next two games. So that brings them at six and seven. Now they're at Baltimore. There's the bump in the road. Because you don't expect them to beat the Ravens. The Ravens have just been that good. They're one of the elite teams in the league. Not just the AFC, but in the league. And they're the only team that had to hang an L on the mighty Patriots. So let's say they lose at Baltimore. Okay. Then they have Pittsburgh at home. You're going to sit there and tell me that the Jets can't beat Pittsburgh? The Steelers are what? They're 6-5, and five, I believe. So I think they're leading the wild card in the AFC. You're going to sit there and tell me they can't beat the Steelers? It's possible. Of course they can. Anything is possible. Mason Rudolph got benched yesterday behind all this, you know, fiasco with the the Miles Garrett incident. He didn't play well. So they had to use their backup, backup quarterback, QB. So I guess maybe that the hit in the head might have affected him more than, than we thought. I don't know. All jokes aside. And then the last game is Buffalo at Buffalo. That's going to be a tough game. But am I completely sold on Josh Allen? I mean, you've got people uh, the last few weeks talking about, you know, it's no doubt Josh Allen is a better quarterback than than Darnold. Jets should have took Josh Allen. Or at least that's what they're saying up in Buffalo, the Buffalo fans. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying Josh Allen is, I'm not saying Darnold is better than Josh Allen. What I'm saying is, you can't tell right now. How do you know? Now, Buffalo, they have an opportunity because on Thanksgiving this week, they go into Dallas. The Jets beat the Cowboys. So if Josh Allen is so much better than Sam Darnold, let's see if he can beat the Cowboys on a game that the Cowboys desperately need. 
And I don't want to hear anything about, oh, it's a short week and, oh, they're going into Dallas since Thanksgiving. I want to hear that crap, okay? Because they're just like the Cowboys. They can't beat a good team. Hey, who the hell have the Buffalo Bills beat? I mean, they actually beat nobody. So, you know, this this thing about Josh Allen being so much better than Sam Donald, I mean, come on, let's let's relax. Let it play out. Let it play out. But yeah, I mean, you know, if the Jets go four and five, that'll put them at eight and eight. And that's exactly what I predicted. I predicted eight and eight. I don't have it written out in blood or anything like that to prove it. <laughs> but come on, would I lie to you guys? <laughs> yeah, very funny. But seriously. The Jets, I had them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Because that schedule in the beginning was just too tough. It was too brutal. Just too brutal. Anyway, great job by the Jets. Sam Donald showed some heart, showed leadership, and he showed he had guts. Showed he had guts, man. After that whole I see ghost things and he was like the clown of the NFL. Well, you know what? This is how you respond. You throw seven to eight touchdowns the next three weeks. That's how you respond. And you lead your team to victory. And believe me, those guys in that locker room and wearing that green, they see it. They see it. And they respect it. So kudos to the Jets. We now move on to the tragic, because we got to have balance to the force, right? You know, there's the light and then there's the, the darkness. I think I need a beat for this one, Marv. I need something. This is something hard. I don't know. You can't just, oh my God. Oh boy. Boy, 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 So on the other side, we have the New York Giants. The New York Giants, who are now what? Two and eight, two and seven, two and eight. Who cares? They stink. They freaking stink. The Giants are so bad that yesterday. They went into Soldier Field to play the Bears, who are not good by any chance. The Bears did absolutely nothing yesterday to make you think that they're a good team or a playoff team. Khalil Mack has not had a good year since he's gotten paid. Has not had a good year. Mitch Trubisky, he's brutal. My God, does he stink. The fans even booed him. The fans turned on him. They were dropping passes left and right. They must have went to the same practice that the Raiders had. Because they were dropping passes left and right. Along with the Giants as well. Because they both stink. But this is the Giants. The Giants said, you know what? Nah, that's okay. That's okay. Even though you want to give us this game, give it to us on a platter, that's okay. That's okay. You take it. You take it. Because we're more incompetent than you are. 
In fact, we're one of the most incompetent teams and franchises in the freaking NFL. It is amazing to me. It is amazing how good players, how losing, and how a certain um, atmosphere and an environment can be toxic and can turn good players into bad players. The Giants kicker, Rosas. Rosas was a pro bowl kicker. A pro bowl kicker. He can't kick it 10 yards. I mean, we're talking Charlie Brown here with Lucy in the football. I mean, is it not a game all week that he does not miss a field goal? A couple of field goals? An extra point? He kicks it out of bounds for a kickoff? But it's not all his fault, though, is it? No, no. Because we got the long snapper. Diasi, right? Who rolls the ball, rolls the snap to the placeholder. He rolled it. How the hell do you roll the football to the placeholder for the kicker to kick the football? I don't think I've ever even seen that. I've seen the ball skip. I've seen high snaps. But he rolled it. He rolled it like eight to seven yards. Like he was trying to bowl a perfect game or something. Oh my God, this team is so incompetent. And then we got Saquon Barkley, who was Mr. Everything last year. He can't even catch a, a, a six-yard pass out of the backfield. He's wide open. If he catches the ball, he can moonwalk into the end zone. You can't make this up. They're just bad. Let's not talk about that high-priced left tackle, Nate Solder. Oh, God, does he stink. Oh, does he stink bad. Oh, my God. I mean, Khalil Mack has done nothing all year. He's got, like, what, what, four or five sacks? He didn't even try to block him. He didn't even try to block him. He's like a turnstile. A human freaking turnstile over there in left tackle. Oh, my God. God, this team is so incompetent. I cannot remember the Giants being this bad. I mean, it's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. And it's a good thing. The Jets were on and doing their thing. Because that kind of called me. Because I was waiting for the Giants to lose. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Just like I used to wait for it with the Jets. I was waiting for it with the Giants. I was waiting for it. You're up 7-3. You sack Trubisky. You sack the Bears quarterback. You make it third and long, third and ten. And then what happens on the next play? You get called for holding for pass interference. When you didn't even have to touch the guy. Did you hear the announcer? Janoris Jenkins didn't even have to touch the receiver. That's a play he didn't even have to make. Now you give him a fresh set of downs. Very next play, touchdown. Now you're down 10-7, and they never recovered. That's what happens when you're going bad, folks. And it all starts. It all starts 
from the GM down to the head coach. Or maybe even further, the owner, John Mara. It all starts. And I got the nerve, I got the nerve to hear rumors, rumors that Jason Garrett could be the next Giants coach. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? It must be a joke. It has to be a joke. It must be early April, April Fool's joke. It has to be. April Fool's come early. It's came early this year. So after Jerry Jones, which everyone expects Jerry Jones to DX, Jason Garrett, because you know the Cowboys are overrated and they ain't winning the damn thing. They might win the division, but they're going to win it by default because the division is so damn bad. Yeah, nice performance yesterday uh, against the Patriots. Wait, you're going to bring Jason Garrett in here? You better not bring Jason Garrett in here. I'm telling you, John Mara, you better not bring Jason Garrett in here. You didn't listen before. Oh, I guess your GM didn't listen a few weeks ago when I was in this chair. And I said, do not trade for Leonard Williams for the Jets. I specifically said, do not bring Leonard Williams to the Giants. Before I could even get to the freaking Holland Tunnel on the New Jersey Transit bus. Breaking news, the Giants just trade a trade with the Jets. The Giants trade their third round draft pick. Oh, and a fifth round draft pick for Leonard Williams. And what has Leonard Williams done since he's been with the Giants? Since he's donned that big blue uniform? What do you think? Absolutely nothing. No sacks. No fumbles, forced fumbles, recoveries, nothing. And you gave away a third round pick, a third and a fifth. You have to resign this guy. If you don't resign him, how do you justify just giving away a third and a fifth round pick? I mean, what do you think you're doing? I mean, this is a GM, people, a GM of a sports franchise. Paid big money. And you can't be serious. Oh, my God. The Giants. Uh, well, the Giants are just... Uh, one bright spot. Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones. Two DDs. That last TD, he threw the Golden Tate. Great play while he was getting hit. Great catch by Tate, who dropped the pass earlier. But the Giants, oh, oh my God. Just, oh God. You got a fourth and seven. And you got wide receivers running three, three yard routes. <laughs> Excuse me. It was a, <laughs> it was a, 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 a third and four. I believe. Oh my God. And you got wide receivers running two yard routes. Oh 
Who drew up that play? Oh, boy. I tell you what, he's got to go. Pat Shermer has got to go. I mean, the Giants cannot justify keeping this guy around. How can you justify it? And if they were smart, they would go find Mike McCarthy and hand him the keys. Hand him the keys to the condo. Give it to him. Could that be an issue with Gettleman being the GM? I don't know. I don't care. Shermer has got to go. But like I said, you better not bring Jason Garrett in here. I swear. I No. Giants. Just you can't make this up. You really, you really can't. You really can't. You really can't make this up. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> it gets worse because next week, Green Bay is coming in. Who got trashed by the 49ers last night on Sunday Night Football. So they need that game and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Aaron Rodgers and the boys, believe me, they're going to have a chip on their shoulders. And the Giants who have no pass rush whatsoever. Rodgers got sacked five times last night. Didn't have any time to throw the ball. Don't worry. It'll be a stroll in Central Park next week. He'll have all the time in the world. Do his little dance, a little get, check down dance with the belt. Do all that. Oh, he's going to be doing all that tomorrow. Uh, next week. He's going to be doing all that next week. Because the Giants have no pass rush whatsoever. Ugh. Moving on. So let's go around the league real quick. Uh, couple of key games yesterday. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys. Look, you know, this is like a broken record with me. I told you the Cowboys never beat anybody that's worth beating. They never beat anybody with a, <laughs> a winning record. And it is just amazing how the media and guys like Skip Bayless, I know he's diehard, you know, Cowboy fan, but I mean, you're living... <laughs> You're, you're living uh, an illusion. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> you really are. And it's not even that Dak Prescott has played that bad. Because he's actually a better quarterback this year. You can actually see it. You can see it. But with the talent that the Cowboys have on that team. I mean. <sighs> but they're the Cowboys. And I told you. As long as Jerry Jones is the GM. And it's the face of that franchise. And Jason Garrett is the head coach. The Cowboys are not winning the Super Bowl. They're not even going to sniff the Super Bowl. They're not even going to get to the NFC Championship game, people. I'm telling you. And once again, New England, what can you say? You know, I'm starting to really believe it, that Bill Belichick might be just the greatest coach of all time. I really am starting to believe it. You know, Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys coach back in the 90s when they were a winning franchise, when they were actually winning Super Bowls, out of the three phases of the game, you need to win at least two. Offense, defense, special teams. Either two of those three, if you can dominate 
two out of those three, you got a damn good chance of winning. And that's what the Patriots are doing this year. Special teams and defense. It came out of the golden boy's mouth, Tom Brady. He said, he said, it's our defense, it's our special teams. They're helping the offense because the offense is struggling. Tom is over 40 years old. They lost Antonio Brown. Zonk retired. Gronk retired, I'm sorry. So, but Bill Belichick, you have to give him credit. He may be a jerk, and he is a freaking jerk. <laughs> he is. And I love him from his Giants days as defensive, you know, defensive coordinator, but I mean, you got to give it to him. They just find ways to win. The Cowboys have more total yards than the Pats did yesterday. And the Pats still found a way to win the game by more than a, than a field goal. Now, how is that possible? Special teams, turnovers. Uh, the Bills beat the Broncos, like I said. Two peas in a pod. The Bills, the Cowboys, they beat up on bad teams. So, uh, this Thursday, Thanksgiving, huge game. I think it's a bigger game for the Cowboys. Being that they're one game ahead of the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, speaking of the Eagles, uh, boy, I tell you what. I said last week the Eagles still have a chance to win this division. I'm not too sure about that now. I'm not too sure about that now. That was a bad performance against the Seahawks. And I know the Seahawks are good. You got to deal with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll in that defense. But, I mean, you cannot play like that at home. And I understand he has, like, no offensive... His wide receivers are pretty much his are pretty much in a mass unit. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have any wide receivers. He has nobody to throw to. Carson Wentz, nobody to throw to. Jeffries, he's out. Jackson, he's out. The other one, the only person that he has is the tight end Ertz, who had close to 100 yards yesterday. But, of course, that wasn't enough. And uh, so the Eagles, they fall 5-6. and six. They're actually under 500. But they're still a game behind the Cowboys. Like I said, they have the easier schedule. But I don't know. I'm not too sure. The way the Bears played yesterday against the Giants, I'm not sure if the Cowboys will still beat the Bears. I think the Cowboys can beat the Bears. And the way the Rams played, I think the Cowboys can beat the Rams. Even though they're better teams. They're tougher teams, but I don't know. The Cowboys just might squeak this this division out. So we have last night's game, as I mentioned, the 49ers uh, just throttled the Packers 37-8. Rodgers gets sacked five times. He's completely abused. <laughs> and I tell you what, what a job John Lynch has done with that organization in San Francisco. Building that team, having a system and a vision and saying, we're going to build this team around defense. That's what we're going to do. And they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. You're right there with New England. You can't run on them. You can't pass on them. 
I mean, they are just nasty, that defense. And Garofalo Jones does enough. Is he the same quarterback that he was before the injury? Uh, I don't know. But when you have a defense that's getting turnovers and giving you a short field to work with, it makes your job a lot easier to run an offense. I'll tell you that. So, the 49ers, they win again. Uh, let's check out their record here. 49ers are, what, 9-1? and one? 49ers are 10-1. and one. So, along with New England, they're both 10-1. and one. The Packers are... Eight and three, but they're going to be in a dog fight with Minnesota for that NFC North. Moving along, moving along. How about this? <laughs> Check out this game. What about the Panthers and the Saints? The, <laughs> the Saints jump out to this huge lead, two touchdown lead, and give the Panthers credit. They battle back. Kyle Allen finally had a good game, and good for him, because he was atrocious the last three weeks. I mean, he was just atrocious, man. He couldn't hit the side of a boat. That's how bad he was. But he comes back with those three touchdowns, no interceptions. He drives the team down with about a minute or so, uh, about two minutes left in the game. He drives them down into the red zone. He sets it up for the field goal kicker. And he misses it. I tell you what, is it just me? Or has this just been a, a atrocious year for kickers? I mean, kickers, are they are missing kicks left and right. I've never seen this in the NFL. I mean, what is going on? My God. But once he missed that kick, you knew Drew Brees was going to drive the Saints down the field and they were going to win. You just knew it. It was like the game is over. You don't even need to watch. With Michael Thomas, Kamara, and all those weapons they have, Cooks, you knew that was it. It was game set. All their kicker had to do was put it through. So they win. They win 34-31 over the Panthers. The other game we had was the Redskins, who... Uh, Hey, look, the Lions without Matt Stafford, they're actually seeing how important Matt Stafford really is. Because they are just, they are completely, just, I mean, they are just bad without him. But the Redskins win the game. Uh, too bad Dwayne Haskins couldn't stick around for the final, <laughs> the final uh, snap since he had to go take a, a, a <laughs> A selfie with a fan for his first professional win. So I guess that's how he wanted to celebrate his first professional win. Instead of snapping the ball and being out there on the field, he's up in the stands <laughs> taking a selfie. Oh, man, I tell you. You can't make this stuff up. But uh, but good for uh, good for him. Good for the Redskins. They're 2-9. So now the Giants are officially in last place. They're tied for last place with the Redskins, although they did beat the Redskins, so 
officially they're half a game in front, but eh, who really cares, right? So the Browns, they've won three in a row, and they beat up on the Dolphins, put up 41, 41 to 24. Um, you got Hunt there now, along with Chubb. You're finally starting to see Landry and Beckham together score touchdowns in the same game. That offense can be very devastating. Very devastating. And they've done a good job. A good job. And maybe they've used the whole Miles Garrett, uh, you know, helmet thing as a rallying cry. Maybe they have. Who knows? But this is the Browns that a lot of us thought we would see coming into the season. So uh, kudos to Cleveland. And uh, maybe Freddie Kitchens will keep his head, head coaching job. Uh, earlier in the week, we got a minute left. It was the Texans over the Colts. Big win. They take control of the AFC South. So uh, the Bucks over the Falcons. Falcons play uh, New Orleans this Thanksgiving night. And that'll be a revenge game for the Saints, who lost to them a few weeks ago in New Orleans. So. As we wrap things up, I would like to wish everyone a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Thanks for watching. Peace out.